Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Shea Station podcast. I'm back in New York, COVID-free, healthy guy, and I'm joined by Jeremy Belvins. Jerry, how you doing, man? How was your weekend? Great. Also, solid intro right there. We felt the energy. That was nice. Hey, and welcome back. Like COVID-free, just coming in from Queens, having visited the lovely city field. Uh, good to have you in studio. It runs a lot easier for the most part between this when you're in studio. So it's nice. Yeah, man, that game was a lot of fun. Obviously didn't get the result we wanted. City field cocktails are dangerous. Game uh, three, correct? Game three is correct. I was Ugh. up and down. Lots of back and forth. A very fun game to attend. City field is just loud these days, man. Just Love it. Every game, it seems like you can hear the crowd in the telecast and then being there. I was in the promenade. I was in the 400s. I was not close to the field at all. That place was booming on a Sunday day game. It was a really fun environment to be in. Makes you feel like you're part of a winning culture. Obviously, you didn't get the win that day, but uh, these Mets, they fight hard, man. Three one-run games. They got games. some fight. They got some serious fight this 27 time. outs, man. That's, oh, a, yeah. that's a culture to, to easy, easy to root for, man. Yeah, definitely agree. Uh, but first serious loss of the year comes to the Seattle Ugh. Mariners. And it was a giveaway. A little bit. Yeah, I, it, yeah, like, and they're all good games. They're all good games. They there was they just felt like well we we scored first in every game, which is what we've been doing. I think the yeah. first inning is that like six games in a row where we scored in the first inning. Yeah, I had a I had a stat I posted on Twitter that was when the Mets were uh, before their last game outburst where they put up seven. They had scored six runs in the first inning in the past three games, and then two runs in every other inning combined in the past three games. So it was a very weird yeah, that's thing not great. where they were like kind of jumping on pitchers early and then just losing that approach as the game went on. Yep. Don't know about but, that. But, you know, it was a good series. It gets a good team that that has some solid players. We saw Julio Rodriguez, who looks like a budding superstar. Guys, the real deal. Yeah, for sure. He kind of yep. took over the spotlight from Kelnick a little bit because he got demoted. And then I think he became like, you know, the rookie to watch in that series. And he had a really good game three. We're well, going to talk about it. I mean, do you want to get into it? Should we just let's let's get right into the 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 recap? I mean, before I can let you do that, Jerry, I gotta tell you about Greg Moore's cards, though. I can't just oh, okay. I can't just leap right in, okay? Let's talk about it. Okay, cool. Greg Moore's cards, guys, is the most trusted sports card seller on the planet. If you're looking to get into baseball cards, they sell over eighty thousand sports cards every month. Which, which equates to over 2,000 a day exclusively on eBay. Hey, remember eBay? Over a million cards were sold in 2021. They're trying to outdo that number this year with your help. They're known for selling vintage cards, but they also sell modern cards. All of today's stars that you can think of, Shohei Otani, Mike Trout, Aaron Judge, Jacob deGrom, Brandon Nimmo. I'm just going to throw him in that class. He deserves to be their most underrated player in baseball, right? And then your rookie stars, Julio Rodriguez. We were just talking about him. He's available as well. Bobby Wood Jr., Spencer Torkelson. If you go to Greg Moore's Cards and you order two or more cards, you can get free combined shipping. And uh, you're going to end up trusting GMC. Uh, him and his team, they hand grade every card that they sell. Buyers have been trusting their grades for years. And if they say the card is mint, you know the card is mint. So go to GregMorris.com, GregMorrisCards.com, excuse me, to see their inventory. Follow them on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter with the same handle for our exclusive content and new deals. And this month only, when you check out, you can send them a message through eBay saying you heard about GMC through Dromboy and get $5 off your order of $50 or more. That's GregMorrisCards.com. Dot com. Dot com. Cool. You like my little advertising? All right, GregMorrisCards.com. Thank you. All right, I got game one. Yeah? 
Yeah, let's do it. Hop bring in. the energy today. Well, I mean, this is kind of a weird one to bring energy for because the Mets offense looked kind of lifeless in game one. Lindor had a first inning sacrifice fly that would end up becoming the Mets only run they score in this game off Marco Gonzalez, who, if you're paying attention to his peripherals, has not been great this year, but he looked great against the Mets. These Mets just have some sort of issue with left-handed starting pitching, although that kind of wasn't the case in Game 3. We'll talk about it. Gonzalez went six and two-thirds innings. He allowed one earned run, five hits, three walks, and five strikeouts. The Mets, it was another one of these starts where they had a base runner almost every inning, it seemed like, and they just could not make something happen. Three through eight in our order combined to go one for 21 in this game. The Mets go 0 for five with runners in scoring position. They hit into two double plays. Kind of just a very frustrating game to watch altogether. The other side of the ball was Max Scherzer, and he was the best part about this game to watch for sure. He bounced back in a very dominant Scherzer-esque start. After the past couple starts were kind of solo home run run late in and kind of a lot of contact, soft contact, especially in Philly. Scherzer went out, he threw seven innings, gave up one earned run, walked two, allowed three hits, and struck out six on 98 pitches. Great start for him, and then our guy, Drew Smith, finally surrendered his first run of the year off a little dink from Ty France that made it 2-1 to one in the eighth. And then the the new villain of Mets culture, apparently, Paul Seawald, comes in, gets uh, four guys out in a succession. Drew Steckenrider locked down the save, and the Mariners win a, a very, very winnable game for the Mets, I thought. 2-1 uh, to one final score. Yep. Uh, two things. Drew Smith walks. Kind of been a little bit of an issue for him all season. This one came back to bite him. Yeah. I will touch on Paul Seawall later on in the episode, but let's move on to game two. That put our own Chris Bassett against Westchester County's George Kirby yeah. in his second big league start. Uh, the game kind of got off the same way the last few games have been with the Mets scoring first. Um, Chris Bassett comes in in the top, though, starting off the game, walks the bases loaded, and then has a huge pickoff on second base of Eugenio Suarez. Can't let that happen. That's bad. Can't let that happen. A base is loaded, two outs. You get picked off at second base. That is silly. Bad but fundies. That is a, what? Bad fundies. Bad fundies. That is a good sign from our New York Mets because we do all the little things. Mm-hmm. Winning teams do things like that. They spot a weakness and they attack, exploit, Teams used to do it to us all the time in that 18, you know, 17, 18, 19 years. Uh, It's nice to see it reversed. Mm. Uh, That being said, Chris Bassett goes five and two thirds, allows five hits. He gives up the the one earned run. He has eight Ks and those three walks that we talked about. Solid outing. Um, Marte had a huge triple, then a big double in the third. Lindor gets him in. Alonzo with a huge double that Marte scores on, showing his speed. Jesse Winker comes in in the seventh and ties it with a three-run home run off of our other boy, Jason oh, Shreve. No. That was a tough one. Winker, who's, a, you know, we talk about Paul Seawall. We'll talk about Jesse Winker in that same combo. But just hits uh, um, falling behind, missed your spots, and he teed off. He went inside when he was trying to go down and away. Jesse Winker crushes it. Yep. But Mets legend Patrick Mazika. Comes in in the seventh. The first pitch that he sees, he deposits into the right field bleachers. And the Mets take the lead. Then Diaz, coming against his former team, just dominates, strikes out the side for a 5-4 win for your New York Mets in game two. Yeah, huge win here. I thought game one was very winnable. Game two looked very losable. In my opinion, the momentum really swung for the Mariners after that home run. 
Uh, we have, we got to talk about Jesse Winker later on because I got a lot to say about him. Um, for and both, Seawald. we'll do the yeah. Seawald Winker together. I think that's a good one. Beautiful. I mean, I got Game Three here. Game Three was a really fun game to watch. I was there in person before the game happened. Tyler McGill hit the injured list. He's going to be not throwing for at least two weeks. So Colin Holderman got to make his major league debut. Congrats to him. He threw a scoreless inning in this game. Lindor tattooed a home run off Robbie Ray in the first inning from the right-hand side. That thing went far. It came near me. I was in the promenade. I almost got it as <laughs> I was out there. Uh, but the uh, the Mets, they struggled early in this one. Cookie did not have it on this day. He went four and a third innings, uh, allowed four in runs on eight hits, one walk, and two punchies. Uh, they fell behind four to one, but these Mets, as soon as they fell behind, rallied immediately. J.D. Davis with a little dink in the right field that goes for a two-run triple. Brennan Nimmo sees that and decides he's going to do the same thing. The Mets take a 5-4 to four lead in the bottom of that inning. Uh, it was the first time since 2018 that the Mets hit two triples in the same inning. A little fun fact there. Uh, Austin Jackson was one of those triples, if you guys remember when he was a Met. But the Mets' bullpen just kind of faltered again in relief of Cookie. We asked a lot of them on this day. You know, they had to get five innings worth of outs, but the guys just didn't have it. Chase and Shreve. I've been waiting to post the clip where we say, I believe in Chase and Shreve, but he had two terrible outings this weekend, so I couldn't we'll do it. We'll hold on to it. Yeah, we'll hold on to it. We'll wait for a rainy day. He allowed a gang-tying solo home run to J-Rod, who looked really good in this last game. Drew Smith allowed the go-ahead two-run homer to Cal Rally. And then Joelli, he had to work two innings in, the, in this game. He looked pretty good aside from a J-Rod RBI single. That made it 8-5, to five, but the Mets... They never say die, man. 27 outs. These guys just do not quit. I think they're they're playing mind tricks on me because I watch to the end of every game now, regardless of what the score is, because I just always think they're going to make a comeback. And they came damn near close in this. Uh, after a J.D. Davis flyout, it was an Escobar triple. Patrick Mazika hit one that hit the mound. It seemed like things were turning our way because that could have been a double play to end the game. Uh, McNeil brought him home on an RBI single. Nimmo tapped one down the line, just stayed fair for an RBI double. And then Diego Castillo, who came in with some really bad numbers, gets Marte on three pitches, walks Lindor, which kind of shocked me. Intentionally walked. Intentionally walked Lindor, which kind of shocked me and everyone at the stadium. There was a very perplexed nature among the fans. And then Alonzo worked the count full. I didn't see if he swung, but the fact that he didn't argue made me think that he did. Uh, and he goes down swinging on a full count with the bases loaded in a one-run game to end the game and lose the Mets' first series of the year in pretty heartbreaking fashion. Yeah, that's a tough one. Again, uh, the Mets have fight in them. That's the good thing. They're fighting. Yeah. Um, the bullpen. It was really just two guys, two bad, two guys that we needed to step up, had a bad series, and our boys Drew Smith and Chase and Shreve both gave up untimely home runs. But when you come in in that role, all the home runs you're going to give up are untimely for the most part. Exactly. They're all they're all game winning or game losing outings when you're in that role, which is great because that's what you're you want to do. You want to be in those high leverage situations. But when it when you've you know come out unsuccessful, they get amplified. So yeah. I still think they're two great pitchers. I think they're going to be significant members of our bullpen and they'll be asked to do that same job and they will do it successfully moving forward but for drew smith it's it's walks and then for both guys they just miss their spots a lot yeah they left balls like over the heart of the plate whether it's high or low or they just they just weren't able to execute their pitches and you know it's not always going to be a home run but those guys have a better chance when you miss over the heart of the dish yeah, I think it was a heartbreaking couple of uh, failed tests because we had been pushing Shreve and Smith to get more high leverage opportunities because of how well they've been doing. Obviously, Drew Smith was not going to have a zero ERA on the entire year. But like you said, the walks have been an issue. I see a lot of first batter walks from Drew Smith, which that's, is kind of just a heartbreaker. It's and a he tough spot it. to that's put why yourself in. 
you see in his post-game interviews when he's been doing so well, he they want him to like, you know, how great he's been and blah, blah, blah. But he's like, look, you know, it's going well now, but there's some things that I can improve on. Always exactly. trying to get better. A lot of it is throwing strikes, especially when he comes in right away. Because a leadoff walk, you don't want to get behind the eight ball. You're already putting yourself in a in a bad situation when you put guys on for free. Leadoff walks and two-out walks, those are killers because it just crushes your momentum puts guys on the plate or on the, on the base paths. Never want to do that. Yeah. Um, so Ad- that's, that's I mean, tough. Adovino looked much better when he was fully rested. He pitched in game two, uh, had the runner on third, but he got out of it. Edwin Diaz is basically the only guy you can really trust in that bullpen right now. He looked awesome striking out the side uh, for all those Mariners. Got Jesse Winker swinging to end the game, which is really cool. I think Shreve and Smith are going to bounce back. They were bound to come back down to earth eventually. Um, I think Joelli was pitching really well too. He coughed up a run in the series as well. Um, but these guys are going to get tested in this next, uh, next series. Cause we don't have McGill anymore. Uh, David Peterson isn't making the start uh, today. It'll be Trevor Williams. Uh, so these guys are going to have to get some innings, uh, get some serious outs against a pretty good hot Cardinals team, but I, I think they're up to it. I think they're up for it as well. Uh, Trevor Williams against the, we'll, we'll cover it in the preview. You want to get into the preview? I will wait a little bit. Cause I want to okay. talk about Winker and, uh, Paul. Oh Seagull. yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's yeah. get into it. So, um, let's, you want to do the apples? Let's do the apples of our eye. Sure. And then we'll get into the winkers. Jack's so, on uh, it. He's on it. Love it. Yeah. I'm, I miss oh, that. That's so pretty. I can actually hear it now. <laughs> uh, so there was a few things that, that I wanted to choose from, and it was all offensive. Yeah. Like uh, I really liked uh, what Lindor did. He went two for nine with those four RBI, two walks. Yep. I mean, he still doesn't look great at the plate. He looks solid, though. Uh, but for me, it came down to two guys, Brandon Nimmo and Starling Marte. Yep. I'm going to go with Marte here. He, mm. Starling Marte, again, he looks like he's coming into his own. So for me, the apple of my eye is Mr. Starling Marte. Let's give a little round of applause. The uh, five for 13, three doubles, a triple, a stolen base. He scored from first on a double. Uh, he just looks electric out there. Like he looks, he's starting to take better swings, more confident approach. Um the Mets had that weird first inning in the second game Bassett start where they, they had two calls overturned uh, yeah. in their favor, which doesn't happen. That pickoff from Bassett in the, in the top. And then in the bottom, you know, Marte gives a triple, they call him out. He looked at third out. and that actually gets overturned. It was close, man. It was but super close. That's what you want him to do. You want him to be aggressive. He took his time. He tried to force it early in the season. Um, his aggression, stolen bases. He wanted to to contribute, wanted to live up. Uh, so he was doing maybe a little too much. And now you, you want him to be aggressive. Make those, make the, if you're going to make a mistake, make it on the aggressive side. We're all for it. So yeah. I, I'm going to pick Starling Marte there. I feel like once a series, I see Starling Marte take second base and the throw go into center field and then he takes third. I, and that's like, yeah. one, that's maybe my favorite thing that he does. And then scored from first when it got most guys don't. Yep. And he scored easy. He also scored three runs. So yeah. that's, that was, yeah, that was the, the difference maker. So, and I, I think that I think Buck is still having a tough time figuring out what spot in the lineup is best for him. Cause I keep seeing him go second and then he goes sixth, and then sometimes he's fifth. And like, it's interesting because he's been really good in RBI situations, but he's also a great table setter. Cause he's Starling Marte. That's what he's always been. So I think having to move around isn't the worst thing in the world. Marte is the kind of guy where you can kind of put him around and he's sort of interchangeable. Whereas guys like my pick, Brandon Nimmo, deserve to be at the top of the lineup each and every day. Let's let's hear it. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. 
Brandon Nimmo, I am so glad this dude is healthy and playing center field every day and there's no hitches in his game right now because this series, I think, was his best of the year. He went 5 for 12, two doubles, a triple, three RBIs, and guess what? He did not walk one time. This is kind of a weird new version of Brandon Nimmo we're seeing. His walk percentage is still really good. It's 12th in MLB right now at 14.8%. But I just think that he's not being overly patient this year. And I think he like he's not hitting a lot of home runs, but we don't need Nimmo to do that. He's a gap-to-gap hitter, and that's the way his slugging percentage gets fed. And he came up huge in a lot of spots, to, uh, in especially in Game 3, with the two-run triple to take the lead and then the, uh, the RBI double in the ninth to make it a one-run game. He's the kind of guy I feel like I'm most confident in when I see him in a clutch situ- uh, clutch situation because I just feel like he has a good at-bat every single time against relievers. Uh, I think he's really good at working counts. Um, earlier in the series, we saw him work great at-bats against starters to make them throw a lot of pitches early. We saw that in the Nats series as well. Uh, I just love everything I'm seeing from Brandon Nimmo, not to mention that he's playing a great center field right now. I feel great like center field. No, no uh, issues whatsoever with the way that Brandon Nimmo is playing in the field. I think that moving Marte to right, I didn't understand it at first, and now it makes total, total sense when you see those two guys out there. So uh, Nimmo and Marte, great pair to have our apples today, huh? Love we, were on the, we were on the same page there. Yep. Uh, those two are the most deserving by far. You For know, sure. Bassett had a solid outing with the AKs. Scherzer went seven, gave up one. Uh, Diaz locked it down in the only save, punching out the side. Yep. But but it was really those two guys, table setters. I like Marte in the two spot. Yeah. I really do because Nimmo's your prototypical. Like you talked about when you pick Nimmo, you talked about you're going to, you like him in clutch situations. He doesn't get himself out. Right. So that's what you want. He'll take his walks, but he's also wants to swing the bat, which is a great, it's kind of a little bit of reverse of him. The difference between this year and last year or years past is, you know, especially when he's feeling good like he is, he's looking to drive the ball. He's not looking for a walk. He's taking his walks. But in this series, you see it like he didn't take any walks. That was such a shock. I actually went back in through the box scores to make sure that my stats were correct because Mm -hmm. he didn't walk the whole series. Um, But then I love Marte right behind him because Marte, like you said, can drive in runs. Nimmo can get on base he can drive him in but if Nimmo doesn't get off on base the rarity that it is you have Marte right behind him as a second spark plug who can get into scoring position like that right um I would like to see Lindor maybe moved behind Pete yeah I was kind of I was kind of thinking the same thing Uh, but I'm I'm a little bit nervous about that because we need Lindor's bat and Pete protects Lindor um but and your three hole like, I don't know, man. I'm not sure what to do with it. I mean, do you want to hear – I mean, the guy that I want hitting third, and I know that he bounces around more than anybody, but I just think that Jeff McNeil needs to be the three-hitter. I just yeah. think that the guy – oh well, like, we always talk about it. He works great at bats, and he's hitting it where they're not. But, like, he's also come up clutch so much this season. And, like, I think Lindor's a great hitter, and he's going to come around. And he had a fantastic first month that I feel like Mets fans are just forgetting about now, obviously, because of recency bias. But – that one through four of Nimmo, Marte, McNeil, and Alonso gives no breathing room to pitchers whatsoever. It does make your lineup really top-heavy, but like, if you can get guys like Eddie Escobar and Lindor to come around, it's not going to matter in the long run. And you guys, you have like Mark Canna, who's not playing every day, but still is a great hitter. And like, I just think that one through four would make this lineup so much stronger, especially if you're attacking in the first inning as much as you are. You know? Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure about McNeil being in the third spot. I like bouncing him around i like i like him at the back end and when he's going great in the three hole i think we're starting to see a little bit of cracks in the armor i'm hearing a lot more f-bombs dropped yeah 
You know, whereas the beginning of the season, he kept it, he kept it in. But After he's that sack to... fly, I don't blame him, though. That's the thing. That was like a 400-foot sack fly. That was tough. Yeah, but it wasn't just that one. That was a – I mean, that was a great play. People yeah. make great plays all the time. Sure. Um, I'm just starting to see a little bit of the uh, – I don't want to say immaturity because it's not fair. That's yeah. how he plays. It's just what I would consider – Frustration. Frustration when it doesn't always need to be that – high yeah. you know you don't want to do this otherwise you start to get into those ruts that you try to dig your way out of instead of doing the like just let yourself play man yeah um but i, I i'm not sure what to do with lindor you you're you don't want to move him away from from alonso because he he allows him to get off but i don't know um yeah. It's tough. interesting it's, it's a tough question and i mean it is I it's think- a good question to have because you have so many options yeah I think these Mets have a little bit of pressure off their back now with the first series. They're the last team in baseball to lose their first series. It took them until mid-May. And I think, like like you said, like I think that you know these guys are feeling frustration and now they can just go out and play, what, which was what was giving them success earlier in the season. Um, we got injuries to deal with. We know that. Uh, DeGrom and May are both on the 60-day I.L. Peterson's going to come back now to take McGill's spot. Um, but I still have as much confidence in these guys as I did a month ago at the beginning of the season. Uh, it's just really the bullpen that's kind of worrying me right now. Uh, I had a stat in last Chase Station, which was uh, the five games they had uh, during that stretch, 21 in the third innings, one earned run. This series alone, the bullpen pitched 10 innings and gave up eight earned runs. You're going to have bad series. You're going to have off series, and the Seattle uh, Mariners have a great lineup. Um, but we need Shreve and Smith to rebound in this Cardinal series. Yeah. It's going to be big. Two guys had a bad couple games. Yeah. And that'll you know that'll skew things big time. Exactly. Uh, and they're just in big spots. So, um, you know, it's something to worth worth watching and, and pointing out and they feel it. Um, but looking for a bounce back, man, we need we need them. So, Adovino look good. Lugo look great. Yep. So um, Diaz looks just as sharp as always. Let's talk about these these Mets villains. Let's, let's, right. let's talk. They're, are they both villains? Because I so, feel like Jesse Winker somehow, like, Mets fans don't secretly love him. They love him. They want yes. to see him in a Mets uniform, I think. So I I honestly think that neither of these guys are villains. And I have, I have reasoning for both. Um, okay, let me hear it. One is exactly what you said with Winker. I think Winker is way too charismatic for him to be, like, he, I mean, he is a secret Met killer. He had a big game-tying home run. Um, but... I think that he's made it clear that he loves New York fans. I think that having him here at some point would be absolutely fantastic. And at the same time, that's the kind of player that you want to root for, the guy that embraces the crowd in all shapes and forms and is ready to uh, uh, embrace that regardless of his performance. Like, Winker's having a down start to the year. That's no secret. That was just his second home run of the year that he hit against us. Um, But he still has as much swagger as he did when he was a Cincinnati Red and an all-star, and I think that's great. Uh, I think Winker is just – he's far too likable to be a guy that the Mets are serenading. He does it he boost. does it in a fun loving way. Yes. He appreciates them getting on him. He's not afraid to play back. It's the Jeff Francoeur kind of style yes. where yes. he's like, "All right, give it to me, man. I like it. I That's deserve it. Let me hear it." That's a fantastic comparison by the way. That All is right. like so accurate. Um the thing with Paul Sewald is that I'm I'm very happy that Paul found success with another team. I'm glad that we don't have to face him very often because he's on the other side of the country in a different league. So like we're not going to see much of Paul Sewald, which is great. Um, but I, I, I do think that he was he was trying too hard to make himself uh, an, an, an antagonist in this way. 
I don't think that like that was a conscious effort by him. Like I want them to be mad at me. I think this was like a big series for him, just for himself. I think because you know it was yeah a tough four years here, and then he's come around and become a great reliever. Um, but I I just found it odd. I I couldn't really find it in myself to hate Paul Seawald. It was just sort of like a, God, God, I wish this guy wasn't owning us as much as he is, and I wish he was this good when we had him. That kind of thing. I like it. Yeah, it's different, man. Uh, from a player's perspective, having played with Paul Seawald, I wanted to hear what your take was on yeah. it because he did seem like he really wanted to be the villain. Yes. Because I think, and rightfully so, in his own narrative, the Mets, the fans, the organization mistreated him. Sure. And he's got some. he's got some facts to back it up with uh like i've meant i've never shied away from that 2018 season yeah being the worst of my career my least favorite season of all time uh it was just not fun there was a million reasons why uh, a lot of it but paul seawald was asked to do they said he wasn't good enough and they wanted to move him his arm slot do his different things and he he tried and it didn't work and the fans gave it to him because he struggled. Yeah. He had a really good 2017, like as a, a young guy coming up. Um, and then they wanted to change him up and, and try to elevate him. And it just didn't work for him. And he never really, I don't, I don't particularly remember him getting booed, but I, if it seems like he does. Yeah. Um, and so he, whatever motivates you, man, whatever it takes to, to mo- I feel the Cubs when I was in the minor leagues, literally told me I wasn't good enough to get left-handed hitters out over the top. So they mm. dropped me down and it almost ended my career in a ball. Yeah. Uh, so there was a little bit of grudge and I used it as motivation. And then every time I saw my former uh, pitching coordinator, who was the longtime bullpen coach for the Cubs, I brought it up. I'm like, Hey man, remember when you said, <laughs> and he's like, yeah, Blev, can't get them all right. Uh, shout out to Lester Strode. Great man. Uh, just, they can't, you can't get everything right. There's so many things. And so whatever, I, I have no problem with Paul Seawald. It wouldn't be my choice the way he did it. He wants to be a villain. That's fine. I'm more of an internal guy. Let me use it to motivate me. I'm not going to show anybody up, but if that's what you want to do, if you want to play that role, you want to play with an edge, do what you got to do, man. This is, this is a hard gig. Yeah. Um. So fi- find your, find your balance. And I, I just think it was it was the perfect storm of all things. The fact that the set was at City Field, the fact that the Mets hadn't lost a series this year, and the fact that Paul Sewell was the the guy that put us away uh, in mm-hmm. huge moments. I think that all kind of uh, uh, brewed together into him wanting to embrace the booze and stuff like that. I th- and I uh, think that you summed it up for me perfectly. And this is how I kind of took my role as middle relief. Like he's he's an eighth inning guy can get down a save here and there. Yeah. But he's not that big. He's not that important. Yeah. To be a villain. Right. You know, you're not going to see him enough. Um, Whatever the case may be, you're just like, I, I can't hate him. You know, he might want me to or he might hate me in return, whatever the case may be. But you're not a starting pitcher. You're not a position player. You're coming in for four outs at a time. Like, you know, maybe if I saw you in the division often enough, maybe, but for me, it was just like, all right, man, whatever you got to do. Yeah. Like when I think of Met killers, I'm thinking of like Sandy Alcantara who owns us every single time he pitches against us. I'm thinking of the older guys like Chase Utley and Chipper Jones, who were like true villains who destroyed us and like made it known that they do not like, like Mets fan. I mean, Chipper is different, but Chase Utley, you know, he's a whole nother case there. And when you're Paul Seawald and you, you know, you have the chip on your shoulder there and you used to pitch for us. Like you said, like he's an eighth inning guy. He's a good reliever. He's good at what he does now, but we're not going to see him. And I think that like the Mets fans are just kind of 
forget about this in a week probably i think yeah, that's just like, how it's right, gonna well, go i forgot that yeah that's fine you got like us. you know chris flexen went through something very similar exactly yeah and he has nothing but love for the mets fans and his organization he came up way too early but he they needed him and he struggled and couldn't find his way went to korea got reset and then he's been you know he's been great and i love flexen yeah um i i i think he has the same amount uh, same rights as paul seawalt to feel upset yeah um, but he, he chose in a different way, whatever, whatever you're, he, you know, Seawall's a 32 year old man. He can figure out what he wants to do. If, if you want to do it that way, open yourself up. You want to have banter back and forth, do what you got to do. Not for me, but you have every right to do it your way. Wholeheartedly agree. All right. I'm, I want to cool. give you, uh, some rankings if that's cool with you. A little oh, rankings round Yeah. You like that? Before I, I can tell you about that. I want to tell you Ranking. about roundup well now i gotta do it i was gonna lead us into an ad but fuck it whatever here i'll tell you about the rankings roundup and then you'll know who to bet on with our sponsor that comes up next deal uh uh, so here we go brandon nimmo i just gave him the apple of my eye he's been awesome a 414 on base percentage is fourth in mlb right now he has what do we have here a career best 11 game hitting streak and has been on base 26 straight games good for you brandon doing the thing that you're best at. Chris Bassett has a 2.34 ERA after his five innings and one run in his last start. That's 14th in MLB. Max Scherzer has struck out 32.5% of his batters this season. That's good for fifth in MLB. And Edwin Diaz got his eighth save in game two, sixth in MLB now. The Mets as a team, 329 on base percentage is first in MLB among all teams. 251 batting average is fourth. And their 3.29 rotation ERA is tied for sixth. Those are all great numbers, and if you're thinking about placing some bets on those Mets, you got to go to the DraftKings Sportsbook, guys. Slide into stacks of cash this baseball season with the DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of Major League Baseball. New customers can bet just $5 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets no matter what, win or lose. So if you're looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during the MLB season, the DraftKings has same-game parlays, and you can do just that. You can create your own parlay by combining multiple bets, like which team will win, how many bases will be stolen, Starling Marte, total runs, Brandon Nemo or Starling Marte, and more. It's your shot and an even bigger payout. It's safe, secure, and reliable, and best of all, on DraftKings, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code JOMBOY, bet just $5 and get $150 in free bets no matter what happens on the field. That's promo code JOMBOY at the DraftKings Sportsbook app, the official sports betting partner of Major League Baseball. That was a lot of talking. Great job. You hey. crushed it. Hey, thanks, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, that's uh, the rankings. Jerry, I mean, Nemo, 414 who, clip, fourth who, in MLB, not in the National League, in the big leagues. In everybody. Yeah, in all the leagues. All the uh, land. Pretty awesome, man. Uh, I, I'm happy for him. Did you, uh, have you been sending out some extend me tweets yet? On uh, I, I've been sitting on them because I've been yeah. kind of on the extend Bassett train. I also want to extend <laughs> Diaz too. Like there's a lot of work to do for this front. Uh, office, I know man. you got, you got some options. Uh, yeah, that's great. Yeah. I love it. Jerry, who are we playing this week? We have the St. Louis Cardinals uh, and their pitching phenom, Albert Pujols. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see it? It I, was of course great. I saw that was insane. He's throwing 50 up there. That's tough. You can't ground out to end the game against Albert Pools, man. Come on. Well, I mean, it's on. different. I, it's, I know it's different, but after an 0 for 4 on the day, poor Lamont Wade Jr., man. 
That's, that's a tough the look. truth, though. You're feeling that. And that's and the, that's the clip that goes around, too. That's what he everyone's pitched in see. a W. Yep. That's what's wild to me. They Good were winning him. by so much. They're like, yeah, fuck it. Let's give pools. <laughs> that's a tough look. All right. So here's our looking ahead to the St. Louis Cardinals. Game one, we have Trevor Williams, the aforementioned fill-in for our beleaguered Trevor uh, Tyler McGill. Mm. Um, bullpen game going against Miles Michaelis at his 1.49 ERA. Mm. Michaelis's last trip around against the New York Mets went seven, gave up zero runs, only four hits, a walk, and five Ks. Uh, he hasn't allowed more than two earned runs in a start all year, hence his 1.49. It's pretty fantastic. Yeah. Nolan Arenado, who is also very good at his job, is in his career versus Trevor Williams, is four for nine with two home runs. Probably want to avoid that guy. Uh, Williams was good at his last outing against Washington. Uh, pitched three and two-thirds, gave up two hits, a walk, two Ks. We're going to need some length out of him for yeah. this game. Should be interesting. That brings us to game two, Mr. Taiwan Walker and his three ERA against Steven Matz and his 6.4 ERA. Uh, Taiwan Walker had a good bounce back start last outing with seven, no runs, three hits, one walk, one K. Was really good at missing barrels. We're going to need him to do that again. Uh, Matt's last two games started not quite as pretty. Eight and two-thirds innings, 11 earned runs, 12 hits, five home runs. Too many. Let's get those Mets offensive guys surging. Give them up. Matt's, you know, shine for your old team. Uh, Starling Marte, one for 14 against Matt's. Uh, we're going to need you to turn that around. Mm. Uh, Dickerson, four for eight with a homer and seven RBI against Taiwan Walker. That will be the, the, the at-bat to look for. Yeah. Um, seems to have his number. Taiwan is a smart guy with a new pitch. Should be able to handle it. Yes, sir. Game three of the four-game set. That's Mr. Jordan Hicks and his 4.15 ERA against our Mad Max Scherzer and his sparkling 2.66 ERA. Uh, Jordan Hicks has reached five innings pitch for the first time in his last start. If you remember, he only pitched two innings after taking a comebacker uh off his non-pitching hand i believe yeah i think it was, was that correct hand. i think yeah. it was his glove hand in their first meeting um max looked really good against seattle and seven gave up only that one three hit six k's and two walks uh that should be a really good matchup there in game three yeah then the last game game four of a rare four game set for mm. this new york mets team to start the year it's Chris Bassett, and it's 2.34, even better than Max Scherzer, Crazy. against Dakota Hudson, and he has a 3.06 ERA. Uh, Eddie Escobar, Starling Marte, Pete Alonso have all homered off the off Dakota Hudson in their career, looking to do that again. Bassett's last four starts, 24 and a third innings pitched, 1.85 ERA, eight walks to 26 strikeouts. He's been uh, on a, a good run. He's also been able to wiggle out of some jams with those walks. Mm. Um, Dakota Hudson has four starts of three earned runs or more and three starts with zero earned runs. So it's really been a tale of two pitchers, either give them all up or give none up. So hopefully we get that, uh, the guy that wants to give it all up. We get some home runs. We take a four game sweep Ooh. to start this series in St. Louis. Oh, I love it. Jerry, nicely done. Thank you. It's tough Thank when you, you got to cover four games. I applaud you. It's a four. I was, yeah, I, I was rattled. We were trying to, you know, set up. I got a little mini vacation coming up. Mm. Um, and I was trying to set up like, hey, Thursday, you know, we'll, we'll try to do it early before I have to drive. Yeah. And you're like, wait, there's four games this series. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, I, I forgot. I would have got up early for you, Jerry, but we just can't do it. We yeah. Well, you can still get up early and just text me and that'd yeah, be nice. That's fine. 
Yeah, uh, big four-game set here. Uh, the Cardinals are hot. They just won a series against the San Francisco Giants. They put up double-digit runs in two of those games. They've been pitching a lot better. Uh, and these Mets, they're coming off their first series loss, so the momentum is not mm-hmm. really in our favor, especially with a very daunting game one matchup that doesn't look like it's in our favor at all. Trevor Williams, I wish him the best. I would love to get five innings out of him. I don't know if it's feasible. The Mets bullpen pitched a lot last series. They're going to have to do it again. Um Honestly, uh, the forecast does not look great for tonight. I think it would be very beneficiary for these Mets to get a rain out right now, kind of reset, get everyone an off day, shake off the mentality of a series loss, come back strong for a doubleheader, which we always succeed in doubleheaders. Our record is 5-1 and one this year. Um, so obviously I don't hope for rain because I want to watch the Mets every day, but it would be very beneficial to this team right now. Tywin Walker uh, looked great last outing. He hasn't faced the Cardinals in a while. He's got that new splitty, so I think they're going to be seeing a new version of him. And hopefully the Mets kind of hit around Mats again. They did it last time. I mean, they had that big inning, and then he went four, and that was kind of it. Cardinals ended up winning that game. Um, he hasn't been good in his last two starts. The five home runs I could not believe over his last two starts. This is a Mets team that has not been hitting the ball out of the ballpark a ton, especially at City Field. So this would be a good game to sort of, you know, get back on the wagon there. And then Jordan Hicks, who is the starter now. I guess they're just sticking with it. I really didn't understand it. They're still doing it. He went five innings last time, so good for him. Hope he's doing all right, but I we, I hope we hit him around because, you know, he's got that electric fastball, but he's dialing it back this year, so he looks a little bit more approachable. And uh, yep. Max Scherzer and Chris Bassett have been so good. So, so, so good. good. So good. So, yeah. That's what you need. We're going to need. So, basically, they're, the, the Cardinals lineup has been their two big boppers. It's been Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado. Yeah. Both carrying, uh, carrying the load there offensively. They have some guys struggling big time. Um. Goldschmidt has an 890 OPS and Ooh. Nolan Arenado is 974. Jeez. So outside of that, they have, you know, Pujols is, is picking his spots and doing well. Um, I think Edmonds but outside good. of that, you know, Tyler O'Neill's having a really struggle. Harrison Bader looks all right. Uh, Dylan Carlson's struggling. Yachty's struggling offensively. Uh, it's, it's kind of a, a little bit of these guys just know how to play baseball. They're a classy organization that just knows how to, to fight. And then they have, uh, you know, some really good starters. Uh, Miles Michaelis is having an absolutely stellar year. Wainwright looks great at 40 years old. Uh, and then Dakota Hudson is, I mean, he's got a three ERA. He looks awesome. So yeah. Mets get to dodge Wayno, which is nice. So I think I, didn't we dodge him last time as well? I don't think we, I don't think we're going to face Wayno this year. In his last year. I'm okay with that. I'm super cool with that. Yeah, That's I don't think totally we faced him last thing. time. So yeah. Uh, their bullpen's been pretty good. We got to them uh, in that ninth inning. As most Mets fans remember, Gallegos has a 3.75 on the year. Their secret weapon in the back there that I, they haven't been using that much, which has confused me, is Ryan Helsley. He is electric. He's pitched 11 and two-thirds innings this year. He's not allowed to run. He struck out 21 batters. So he's been very good. How many hits has he given up in those 11 and two-thirds? One. One hit. One that hit. is ridiculous. One walk. Yeah, the, I, yes. uh, I, they didn't use him a lot last series either, so I feel like we're going to see a lot of him in this uh, This is the first set. time I've ever seen this. Uh, you know, the FIP, fielding independent pitching? Yes. Yeah. You know, how that's usually like, oh, what's your ERA compared to what it would be? His yeah. ERA on this is negative .24. <laughs> I didn't know you could do that. I honestly didn't know either. <laughs> He's been insane, dude. I mean. Yeah, his, his whip is .171, which is hilarious. Yeah, this Cardinals bullpen is very hit or miss, but that is a big hit right there. So look out for him. He's a the boogeyman of this bullpen. 11 and two-thirds, one walk, one hit, and 21 punch-outs. So, That's crazy. Uh, yeah, they have Genesis, Cabrera, Giovanni Gallegos. Uh, these, those are their big boppers in the back end. Yeah. So. 
Yeah, I, this is a big set. I kind of want the Mets to get a hard reset here. I'd be very happy with the split if I'm being totally honest because this is a, just a tough month for the rest of it in May. And then there's a little bit of breathing room by mid-June. But, you know, it's going to be tough series after tough series for these Mets. They go to the West Coast after this, I believe. Um, so it should be interesting. They 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 just to play what need to put some good games together. They fought with with the Mariners and lost yeah. in obviously one run games. They lost two out of three. Yeah. Um, but I think they just need to put it to complete, and then we need to see some bounce backs from Mr. Drew Smith and Chase and Shreve, and that's it. Basically, we just need to you know throw up a zero for them. I yeah. think for a confidence builder. Um, I'm not worried about them in the grand scheme of things, but it'd be nice for both of them to come in and just get a quick shutdown and yep. then call it a call it a, a comeback. Yeah, this series will I think will be very telling of the uh, bullpen's near future. I'm not worried about this rotation at all. I'm really confident in this lineup after that game three. They showed a lot of resiliency, but it's it's going to be the bullpen. It's going to be the battle of the bullpens. I think it's tough that our bullpen game is is game one of yeah. the four game set. That's a tough one because you're going to have to the possibility of stretching some guys thin. So I imagine uh, Buck Showalter is going to have a good plan mm. on how to attack this. Um, but like you said, this is a tough matchup. Yeah, Mets fans uh, don't hope for a rain up, but like maybe like hope no, for do a little no, rain no, dance, no. do a yeah. little rain dance. It never hurt like anybody. I'm Ron Burgundy. <laughs> you got anything else? All right. I think we're. Done. I think we're done. Are we done? I think we're done. All right, man. Woo-hoo. Let's get those Cardinals. Happy to be back in New York. I have a I have a family of Northern Cardinals. Have you ever seen a Northern Cardinal? No. Like an actual bird. It's got a little bit of brown brownish tint to it. I get the regular uh, that lives in the backyard. I'm gonna mean mug them all series. Yeah. You normally I'm like, yeah. oh sipping my coffee, watching them fly back and forth. They're so pretty. You're not now I'm gonna be angry. Week. No. You're you're gonna get run out, out there, my... run after him, make him fly away. Get out of my get out of my yard. Get off my lawn. <laughs> I think it'll help. I just try to do my part. Exactly. And you all should too. Do your rain. Oh, dance shout out to Shakira at the game. Hey, big Mets fan. Love that. Yep. She's joining the army. We're getting too powerful, man. Got Shakira <laughs> now? What's next? Get Rihanna. I wish you would have sang the anthem. How I would know. that have gone? Give me a Shakira impression. You're putting me on the spot here, Jack. Oh, can Dude. you do it? You don't have to. <laughs> you got a little frog in your voice. I like that. That's good. I, mean, I think we combined effort there. That was good. I'm a big fan of Colombia as a country. Yeah. I played winter ball down there. Mm. Uh, it's a beautiful, beautiful area. Lived down there for three months. Uh, shout out to Shakira. I, I played in her hometown of Barranquilla. No shit. They love their baseball. Edgar Renneria is from there. Nice. So we're good. And we should get her on the show. I'll try. I'll see. I'll All see right. what I can do. Put in the DM. I'll, I'll reach out. Guys, thanks for listening. She's pretty shy. Yeah. So from what I've heard. <laughs> we'll see you guys on Friday. Talk about the cards. All right. And whatever's next. Let's go Mets. Let's go Mets. Is that you shredding? Alonzo to his left, flipped to the ground, and the ball.